Tonight, if you take your Bibles, let's turn to Romans chapter number 7. Romans chapter number 7. In the beginning of this chapter, Paul is trying to get us as believers to understand about our new relationship to the law and to sin. And in the last of chapter 6, he he used the analogy of slavery to teach us that in Christ we were freed from our old master of sin and we're alive to our new master, the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, he he moves from the analogy of slavery there in chapter 6 to that of marriage in chapter number 7. He uses marriage as as a picture of our new relationship to the law. You'll see um, basically three sections here in the um, in chapter number 7, verses 1 through 6, you see the spiritual man, or we say the believer, really, the, the believer in the law, which is what we want to look at tonight. And then verses 7 through 13 talks about the natural man and the law. And then uh, verses 14 and following talk about the carnal man and the law. Uh, tonight we want to look at just the spiritual man or the, the believer and the law. So uh, uh, let's uh, let's begin by reading these verses, verses one through six. Know ye not, brethren? For I speak to them that know the law, how that the law hath dominion over a man as long as he liveth. For the woman which hath an husband is bound by the law to her husband so long as he liveth. But if the husband be dead, she is loosed from the law of her husband. So if then while her husband liveth, she shall be married to another man, she shall be called an adulteress. But uh, if her husband be dead, she is free from that law, so that she is no adulteress, though she be married to another man. Wherefore, my brethren, ye also are become dead to the law, by the body of Christ, that ye should be married to another, even to him who is raised from the dead, that we should bring forth fruit unto God. For when we were in the flesh, the motions of sins, uh, which were by the law, did work in our members to bring forth fruit unto death. But now we are delivered from the law, that being dead wherein we were held, that we should serve in newness of spirit and not in the oldness of the letter. Now let's break this down tonight. First of all, we see the law and marriage there in verses 1 through 3. Now, first let's note the power of the law. He says there in the latter part of verse number 1, the law hath dominion over a man as long as he liveth. The idea here is that... uh, um, we know here the power of the law. The idea is that the, all laws, whether God's laws or man's laws, they can only be um, enforced on a person that's alive. Okay? Once you're dead, the law is, does, doesn't have any force on you. When a person dies, they're freed from the power of the law. They are beyond the law's reach. Now, I found a great example for this. And those, I think everybody in here, maybe except to one couple, might might not remember this. Uh, uh, but you remember when uh, uh, they found in our history books when Lee Harvey Oswald was arrested for murder 
of President John F. Kennedy. Remember that? I remember being in grade school and finding out he got shot, and uh, I, I remember that. And then uh, he, was, he was subject to the laws of the state of Texas and of the United States of America. However, when Jack Ruby walked into that Dallas police station and killed Oswald, the law could no longer touch Oswald. Uh, it would have been foolish for the authorities to have placed him on trial with him being dead. There was nothing to gain by that. When he died, he was beyond the reach of the law. That's a great example of what is being uh, taught here. Spiritually speaking, this, this same thing is true for the believer in Christ. As long as a person is alive in their natural state, I'm talking about for, for before they got saved, in their natural state, they stand condemned by the law of God. But when by faith they are joined to Christ, Christ's death, we, as we saw in the last chapter, becomes the believer's death thereby freeing the believer from the power of the law. The law has no power over the believer because technically we died in Christ. Isn't that great? That's a, that's a wonderful provision that we have in Christ Jesus. Second thing we see, let's note not only the power of the law, but the picture of the law in verse 2 and 3. And he gives the picture here. These verses, he uses the image of marriage to demonstrate what he means. Uh, he, he tells us that as long as a woman's husband is alive, she is bound to him by the law of marriage. Let's read verse 2 and 3. For, for the woman which hath an husband is bound by law to her husband as long as he liveth. But if the husband be dead, she is loosed from the law of her husband. Remember the, the vows we took? Till death do us part. Amen. And uh, uh, we, we see there in verse 3, it says, So then if, while her husband liveth, she be married to another man, she shall be called an adulteress. But if her, her husband be dead, she is free from that law, so that she is no adulteress, though she be married to another man. Now, uh, we see here, he tells us that as long as the woman's husband is alive, she is bound to him by the law of marriage. Now, if she were to leave her husband and be joined in marriage to another man, she's guilty under the law as an adulteress. Um, however, if her husband dies, she's freed to marry again. We know that because uh, she's been liberated by the law by her husband's death. He's, he, he's no longer on the scene. Understand that Paul is not giving us a lesson on marriage here. That's not his, what he's doing. Uh, but rather he's reminding us that the only way to be free from the confines and demands of the law is for us to be dead. Okay, It's for us to be dead. Until we die, the law hangs over our heads, making demands that we can never hope to keep. However, at death we are set free from these terrible demands. And praise, praise the Lord again, when we believed on the Lord Jesus Christ and were saved, we died in Him. His death became our death. So we were set free from the law. We see the law in marriage. Second thing we see is we see our liberty in marriage mentioned there in verse number 4. He says, Wherefore, my brethren, ye also are become dead to the law by the body of Christ, that ye should be married to another, even to him who is raised from the dead, 
that we should bring forth fruit unto God. Uh, listen, we have a new freedom. He talks about there. Paul tells us that we became dead to the law by by or through the body of Christ. And we know that be, to be the case. We saw that in Romans 6 and verse number 6 there, where it says, knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of, of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. So we, we know uh, in that last chapter there that he, he told us about that. And when Jesus died on the cross, those who receive him also died on that cross. Therefore, we are freed from the law because we have died to it. Hold your place in Romans 7. Turn to Colossians chapter number 2. Colossians chapter number 2. And I want us to look at a few verses here. Colossians chapter number 2. And we'll begin with verse number 12 because he gives us that picture of baptism, uh, which is our identity in Christ. We're identified in Christ's death burial and resurrection. Look at verse 12. Buried with Him, with Christ, and baptism wherein also ye are risen with Him through the faith of the operation of God who hath raised Him from the dead. Verse 13. And you being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh hath He quickened together with Him having forgiven you all trespasses Blotting out the handwriting of ordinances. What is that? That's the law. Blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross. He died. He took our death. Amen? And having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. Uh, yes, they nailed him to a cross. He was he he died there, but three days later he got up out of that grave. Amen. And so we we have a new freedom in Christ. The whole idea here is that when Christ died on the cross, we who believed on Him also died in Him. And when we died, our marriage to the to the law and all its demands on our lives were done away with. We died to the law, and we are thereby out from under the law's dominions and, and power over us. You break a law, uh, the law can, does not, no longer before the law said, you do, you die, right? You do, you die. Well, we died in Christ. He died, Christ died for all of our sins. And so uh, he, he took our penalty there, the law stood over us, demanding death for the laws that we had broken. We all broke laws. But when Christ died, He satisfied the righteous demands of the law. And since we were in Him when He died, we too have satisfied the law's demands. And we have died, and, and since that is true, the, the law has no more claims against us. In other words, we are free in and through Jesus Christ. What a what a blessed doctrine that is, and what a wonderful thing that Christ did for us. We have a new freedom. Also, we have a new family. Okay, the, the, Verse 4 goes on to tell us that we are married to another. You see that uh, back, in our, back in our text? Look at, look at verse 4 again. Wherefore, my, my, my brethren, ye also are become dead to the law by the body of Christ, that ye should be married to another, even to him who is raised from the dead, that we should, should bring forth fruit unto God. 
Um, at the instant we became dead to the law, we were married to the Lord Jesus Christ. We have become a part of His family. Amen. We're, we're part of the family of God. And just as a remarriage after the death of a spouse brings about a change in the marital relationship, it also brings with it other changes as well. You think about if somebody's under a cruel marriage, and listen, the, the marriage we had with the law was a cruel marriage. You know, it, 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 it uh, had dominion over us. When we were under the dominion of the law, we were constantly being held to a standard that we could not meet. We could not please God, we cannot, we cannot uh, hold up under the law. The law was harsh, and it was never satisfied. Regardless of how well that we tried to live our lives, the law always showed us and told us that we were not good enough. That'd be a, a rough marriage to live in, wouldn't it? You know, you, if you had to, uh, under that, I know some folks are in bad marriages and, and have to deal with um, uh, constantly being bombarded, uh, thinking that they're worthless in that. But the law constantly reminded us of our lost condition and that we were totally helpless and that there was no hope for us. And, and our relationship to the law was one, you could, you could say, was one of cruelty and pain. Amen. But Christ, in Christ we have a new husband and a new relationship. He tells us that we, uh, when, we, when we came to Him for salvation, He cleansed us from our sins and made us righteousness. Uh, again, the passage there in 2 Corinthians 5 that talks about uh, God's made Him, Jesus, sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in Him. He took our sins, got nailed on the cross. Uh, we died in Him, but He gave us His life. Uh, we, we, we have His righteousness and we have His life. What a, what a wonderful thing. There He cleansed us from our sins, made us righteous. He holds no impossible demands over our heads because He's already paid the price, the entire price for us. In Him we are loved and we are free and we are complete. Uh, look at Ephesians. Hold your place here in Romans 7. Look at Ephesians 5 for just a minute. Ephesians 5. Ephesians 5, verse 24. Well, let's back up to verse uh, number 23. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church. He is the Savior of the body. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let wives be to their own husbands in everything. Verse 25. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave Himself for it. Christ loved us. Amen. And He gave Himself for us. Why did He do that? That He might sanctify, look at verse 26, that He might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the Word. He did what we could not do. We, we couldn't clean our act up. There was no cleansing. There was no sanctification in, in us. It's, it's all in Him. And he did that. He, he sanctifies and cleanses us with the washing of the water by the word. Verse 27, that he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. What a, what a blessing. We're no longer bound to that hateful, cruel, demanding husband called the law. In Christ, we have been joined to one who places our needs first. Isn't that great? He places our needs first. Uh, when, when He was on the cross, we were on His mind. Amen. Our greatest need was 
somebody to take our death for us. He took it. You can't get any better than that, can you? You just, just really can't. In Christ, we have been joined to one who placed our needs first, who, who loved us, and one, he, one who loved us so much, he willingly died in our place on the cross. One who never holds our past against us. Yeah? Instead of holding our past against us, the Lord Jesus lovingly binds us up, draws us to his bosom, and loves our past away. He, he, he remembers our sin no more. What a wonderful thing. We have a new freedom. We have a new family. But we also have, notice there, back in our text, in Romans chapter number 7 there, look at verse number, uh, uh, verse number 4 again. The very last phrase, that we should bring forth fruit unto God. Uh, we have a new fruitfulness. Uh, so verse 4 here continues with Paul reminding us that Christ did not do all this for us just to bless us. I mean, yes, He saved us and brought us into a relationship with Himself so that we might glorify God by bringing forth fruit unto Him. That's how we bring glory to God, uh, through our fruitfulness. It's made clear by what Paul tells us in, in Ephesians 2.10. He says, for we are His workmanship, God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Now look at Galatians chapter number 2. Galatians chapter number 2. And uh, let's take a look at, um, let's begin by looking at verse 16. And I want to I read down to verse number 20. Verse 16 Galatians 2, verse 16, knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law. <laughs> I mean, we can never be that because we can never live up to the demands of the law, right? Uh, we're not justified by the works of the law, but by the faith of Jesus Christ, even we have believed in Jesus Christ that we might be justified by the faith of Christ and not by the works of the law, for by the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. Nobody can live up to the demands of the law except the one man who did, and that is Jesus Christ. He satisfied the law's demands on our behalf, and then he died taking our place, taking our death there on the cross of Calvary. Look at verse 17. Said, but if while we seek to be justified by Christ, we ourselves are also are found sinners, is Christ therefore the minister of sin? God forbid. For if I build again the things which I destroyed, I make myself a transgressor. For I, through the law, am dead to the law, that I might live unto God. That's the principle right there that we just saw over in, in chapter 7, verse number 4 of the book of Romans. For I, through the law, am dead to the law, that I might live unto God. I am crucified with Christ. There's the death. We're dead to the law. I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. <laughs> There's living unto God, yet, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. We got that resurrection life that He gave to us. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave Himself for me. So we have been given new lives so that we might glorify God. And that fruit that we are to bear is twofold. I mean, we're, there's supposed to be fruit in our attitudes, amen. 
as uh, the fruit of the Spirit is displayed within us, when we live lives that are filled with the Holy Spirit of God, the, the fruit of the Spirit, the, the, uh, the Holy Spirit of God's fruit is manifested in and through us to a lost and dying world uh, that love, joy, peace, long-suffering, uh, uh, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance against such there is no law. And then the fruit also makes its appearance in our actions. And not only uh, will we be different internally, but also externally through the things that we do for the Lord. And I'm not going to take time to turn to John 15 and verses 1 through 8 where he talked about him being divine, we're the, we're the branches, and uh, talked about our fruitfulness that's there. But God's desire for his children is that we be fruitful for his glory. Fruitful for His glory. So we see the law in marriage. We see our liberty in marriage. And then last of all tonight, back, back in our text, back in Romans uh, uh, chapter number 7, look at uh, verses 5 and 6. We see our lives and marriage. Our lives and marriage. Um, verse 5 and 6, For when we were in the flesh, uh, was talking about when we uh, were controlled by the flesh, <laughs> when we, before we got saved. When we were in the flesh, the motions of sins, which were by the law, did work in our members to bring forth fruit unto death. Here, you know, in these last two verses of our passage, Paul contrasts the old life of sin with the new life in the Spirit. He shows us what changes have taken place as a result of our marriage to Jesus. We see here in verse 5, we just read about the old life and sin. This verse tells us some things about our old sinful lives. We were in the flesh. That is, we can only operate within the realm of what our wicked flesh could produce. None of us had spiritual life. You hath he quickened, who were dead in trespasses and sins. We know Ephesians 2, verse number 1, talks about that. In fact, uh, we were controlled by those motions of sins. Uh, you don't have to turn there. Let me, let me read to you real quick uh, from Ephesians Chapter number two, uh, there, there what I just quoted, youth hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. And he says, wherein in time past, ye walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we had our conversation or our manner of living, is what that word means, in time past, fulfilling and the, the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others but God. I like that. But God, who is rich in mercy for His great love, wherewith He, he loved us. I went For when we were dead in sins, He hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace, you are saved. And what, a, what a blessing. But we were controlled by the motions of sins. That is, we were held captive by our natural appetites and the desires of our flesh. We lived our lives according to the impulses of our lost flesh. We were challenged to sin by the law. The law said, thou shalt not. And you know, the rebellious nature that we had, well, let's just see if we can try a little bit of that. right? I mean, uh, there, there were things that we knew that we shouldn't be involved in. When the law said thou shalt not, this wicked rebellious flesh determined it would do it anyway. And in, in the hands of, of rebels, the law was given to show God's righteousness, but it became a thing that led us into evil. The, the law was not evil, but it was used by our fallen natures. Guess what? In God's fault, 
It was used by our fallen natures as a reason to go after what the law said was off limits. Don't separate. Remember the bullies on the uh, uh, when you were in, in school. Somebody would draw a line in the sand and say, "Don't step across that line." Hmm? I didn't step across the line because I could, I couldn't handle what, what what came after that. But I knew some of my friends. Some of my friends they took that as a challenge. They were going to step over that line. Well, that's the way some people are with God's law. Uh, they see a, a, a law uh, uh, drawn in the sand, and they said, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go for it. Now, we were actively engaged in that which was bringing about our death. With every sin and rebellion, the sinner is hastening and worsening his own doom. When, when we thought we were free, we were actually prisoners of our vices, and we were digging our own pits deeper with every single sin we committed. You know, the longer you sin and the more sins that you sin, it seems the, the deeper in bondage that you are. Is that not, not true? I, I believe that it is. We, we, so we see the old life in sin. But we also see there in Romans 7 verse and number 6, we see the new life in the Spirit. Read verse number 6. But now, that's talking about in Christ, but now we are delivered from the law that being dead wherein we were held, that means the law has no power. <laughs> uh, that we should serve in newness of spirit and not in the oldness of the letter. Uh, the new life in the spirit. Uh, this great verse sums up this short passage really very well. Here Paul makes the comparison between what we once were and what we are now in Christ. And we notice those two words, but now. Since we are in Christ, some things are forever changed. And notice the changes that have taken place. We've been delivered from the law. We've been delivered from the law. Because we've died with Christ, we're no longer under the demands of the law. We're not bound by it any longer. Why? Because the law has no power after death. And we are dead with Christ to the law. And what that means is that we are free from all the moral and spiritual liabilities and penalties that go along with the law. In Christ, we're free from judgment. So we've been delivered from the law. And then last of all, we see here that we've been released to serve. Been released to serve. The, the idea here is that of a slave who, who goes from being with a hard taskmaster uh, to, 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 uh, who could never be pleased to a, a loving master who not only freed him from that old master, but also uh, helps alongside. That's what Jesus does. He, he frees us from that old master, but he, he comes alongside to help us do what he asks us to do. It's a picture of a person who lives for nothing else but to do the will of his loving master. Uh, this is what should describe our lives as believers. What comes to mind to me is Matthew 11, verse 28 through 30, when Jesus said, Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Why? Because he's there to help you along. Amen. He's there side by side to every, every step of the way. So we've been given a new life with which to better serve him. The difference is between what you have to do and what you want to do. Amen. And we ought to want to serve uh, out of love 
for Christ. So, for, so believers have a different relationship to the law than ever before. And now because of the imputed righteousness of Christ, we have uh, met the, the law, law's righteous demands in Christ. That, along with the indwelling ministry of the Holy Spirit, changes our attitude about the law and helps us to please God. We want to do what's right. Now, even though we are not under the law's bondage or its penalties, we want to do what it teaches. And we no longer want to live in rebellion against it because now the law fits our, our lives very well. Uh, now we know that to love God's law and to joyfully do it is to glorify Him and that should be uh, the desire of each one of us who are believers. Amen. Let's, let's uh, joyfully serve our, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you so much tonight for the what a blessed truth this is. We are dead to the law, uh, no longer under that taskmaster. And Lord, we, we, we are alive unto Jesus Christ. We have a new master, a, a loving master. Uh, we have a, a new relationship, uh, a new uh, new one in charge in our life. And Lord, help us to, to see and desire the things that you uh, would have for our lives so that we might be fruitful. And as we're fruitful, to glorify uh, you in our lives. Help us with these truths, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well,